0: Hmm? Ah. Huh.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Penny.
2: And I'm Greg.
1: And this is She-Hulk Cast, a podcast dedicated to the Disney Plus show She-Hulk, Attorney at Law.
2: This episode, we're covering Season 1, Episode 9, Whose Show Is This? The
1: Finale! Welcome back, Greg. We missed you for the last couple of weeks.
2: Oh, I have missed being here, and listening to Kirk and Rinaldi uh, go to town on the last couple episodes has been awesome, but I am thrilled to be back for this one.
1: Well, I missed you. As much as those guys were great, <laughs> I missed you a lot. Uh, I'm glad to have you back.
2: Yeah, would you know, like you said life events? I I retired and then took a family trip to Philly and maybe heard gunshots in the night. But you know things happen. Uh, so be it. it. We we all came back in one piece and uh, and it's it's been it's been a good couple of weeks.
1: Well, congratulations on your retirement. It's pretty exciting. Hey, thanks.
2: All right. Well, you know what? I don't want to wait any longer to get into this because. <laughs> Like I, I'm excited to talk about this one. How did you like this one?
1: I loved it. It was what I have wanted all season. Um, it was a really dense episode. There's just so much to talk about. So much happened. So much of it was a lot of fun. Well, how about you?
2: I I'm, I'm the same. Like uh, I I've one of the things that I have kind of worried about is that I'm kind of like fanboyed on the show, like, Oh, I don't ever think, yeah, yeah. Okay. I complained about the CGI, but like plot holes, I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's an entertaining story, but like this one, uh, and I'll talk about uh, some of it, but, uh, I, I really had, like, I was honestly laughing out loud at certain times and it was, it was, I thought it was great. It was, and it was, it was updated. It took all of the things that you guys, like you and Kirk had talked about and, uh in, in like what classic She-Hulk stuff was and and basically updated it for, you know, Disney Plus and Roku and uh whatever. And, and it was I thought it was it was great. I loved it.
1: Yeah. I really wanna know I wonder if they changed the uh, menu screen that she busts out of in like other countries because I know that in some other countries, it's not Disney Plus that some of the Marvel shows show up on, oh, like yeah. other it's services, like Skynet
2: or something like that. I don't Skynet. Know, I know Skynet but, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. It's like yeah. Sky, I think. Yeah, in, Sky, in Great Britain.
1: Yeah, um, and yeah, I just wonder if the menu would look a little different for them or not. Um, but yeah, I mean that was that was some fantastic She-Hulking
2: um oh, that, that was yeah. yeah that was that was it was phenomenal it, it was so much fun to watch and and i can only imagine that some people had the same like i did wait what happened did this literally just kick me out of my out of my uh my disney plus or out of my show and, and oh wait no no okay she, she's still talking all right cool <laughs>
1: yeah it was great
2: yeah it was good stuff
1: uh so we'll talk about the big epic um fourth wall break in our point section but there were a few other fourth wall breaks ahead of that um starting with when she's lying on her childhood bed um in that sad room with like her mom's workout equipment and everything in (laughs) there and she's like i know i it's what i said i wanted but this doesn't feel right this isn't even a reluctant superhero story i'm just getting screwed over is this what you guys want and then one of my favorite moments from the show, when the voiceover narrator starts, he's like, Jen is having a hard time, or whatever it is. And she's like, No, we're not doing a narrator. We're not that off the rails. I just thought it was so funny.
2: It was, I was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then uh, when, you know, then like when he's talking about, when she was talking about, uh, she's like, In that, I think, like, you might even count this all in the same thing, right? Just sitting in that yeah. sad room. And she's like, once he said come any time, I mean, this is a time. I thought one of my notes like, this is a time. Yep. It was, it was great.
1: And then she's like, I'm not running from my problems. It's a mental health break.
2: Yeah. I mean, this this is just, that's just the way that it is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Then we get the, the, the massive fourth wall break, which is literally her breaking into Marvel assembled. And, uh, and we'll, we'll talk more about that. Mm. Um, and then, uh, the last one, and I had a, I had a question about this. Um, so yeah, you know, Blonsky says, uh, you got sucked into another show, didn't you? And he's like, Oh, we're really in the era of peak TV. And, and I was like, so is he watching current shows now? Like he was watching this is us and he was watching the Sopranos or did, is he going to show up in a different show? I thought that was, that was really, uh, I was like, Hmm, am I going to see more Wong? maybe madison and wong
1: oh madison and wong um i i at first i thought that was a fourth wall break and then i decided that that scene between the two of them was just like a winky wink to the audience and the reality that there's just way too much tv to watch right now and we're all sort of like having to make priorities and you know can't watch everything
2: we really are like i i don't know that i want to watch the midnight club just because of all, what i hear is like all the jump scare stuff and that's not really my 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 bag but uh i mean Mac, mike flanagan's fantastic and i really dig a lot of his stuff even when it's super creepy and whatnot yeah um, like, there's like, so many like shows
1: was... i'm not watching like interview with a <laughs> vampire i loved the oh, books yeah. But I'm, I, like, I started to watch it, and I was like, I don't have headspace for this right now. Like, I just I just can't take on another show. I'm mean, going to have yeah, to go back to it later.
2: I, th- I think right now I'm, like, trying to catch up on Cobra Kai. and But, yeah, no, there's we absolutely are in a peak. It's a post-COVID peak TV uh, cycle, and uh, it just feels like they're just churning out more content, and so much of it is great.
1: Yeah, just, yeah, so much good content. It's fun. Anyway,
2: all right, so. Getting into what we're what we're talking about. All right. So you got some lawyer stuff for us?
1: There was hardly any lawyer stuff. Um, so I'm going to just jump ahead and okay, sounds good. Talk about the metaphor of the show. Uh, it's a show about literal female empowerment, right? This woman is suddenly much more powerful than she was before, and it's a metaphor for the way that society reacts to women with expanding power. And the way that society has reacted to that for decades, if not centuries, is with a lot of fear, denigration, ridicule. They sexualized her. They monetized her, right? Holloway doesn't care what she wants. He just wants to like get PR and make money off of her. She's exploited and she's distorted. Her life story is completely taken away from her own control and this distorted version is plastered all over the news and the internet and the the trolls come out of the woodwork immediately she hasn't even done that much as she hulk That when they start attacking her like the the mugging that gets set up is after all she's done as she hulk is stop titania and take a job that's it. That's all she's done. And they're all like, you better not strut around showing off your She-Hulk powers. Like, the anger was there just because she had power and existed. And she gets the, the control of her own narrative back from this patriarchal system, right? Kevin represents the patriarchy. And the way she gets control is, one, she refuses to accept what society is handing her. She's like, no, this is garbage. It's not good enough. We're going to fix it. <laughs> Two, she thinks creatively and she works outside the system when the system failed her. And three, she advocates for herself with her wits and not her super strength. Because she knows from her very recent experience that women's anger is always, maybe not always, but is often overreacted to. Whereas men's anger is treated as like, some kind of masculine personality trait.
2: Well, it's, um, it's just men's anger is just and women's anger is just hormones.
1: Yeah, it's emotions. They're out of control. She's hysterical. All that stuff that people have been saying about women for hundreds of years, right?
2: Penny, just in I order think to really control like them. You just calm down. I mean, yeah. You're, you're really blowing this out of proportion.
1: Bitches be crazy. Okay. Um, (laughs) Sorry, that's not a family-friendly word, but uh, the phrase doesn't work if you don't use the B word, so I had to do it. Um, That's fair. Yeah. I mean, she Jen's most powerful ability is the fourth wall breaking because it's just a metaphor for her ability to see through artifice and flash and style to what is really going on behind the scenes and in in this case it's kevin but as i said he's he's the patriarchy and she's fighting against the patriarchy and in the end she takes control of her life back which is very satisfying for this feminist
2: (laughs) very nice i mean it was (laughs) super satisfying to me uh although i do think that not it only works, but I think that one of the reasons that it works so well is that Tatiana Maslani was is just fantastic and she she makes Jen Walters come to life she 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 is talking to, like you feel like you know her. you feel like she's talking to you not and maybe it's the writing maybe it's her face I don't know. maybe it's just the way she presents herself. whatever it is, she makes you believe. Well, she made me believe that you know, like in in the moment. Obviously, I know she wasn't talking to Greg, but excuse me. She she made me believe, like in the moment, that like, hey, like, really, is this really what you want? Is this, yeah, is this working for you?
1: It and made me like, feel so involved this. in her story. Right. I was like, this is a real person, and she's got real issues, and she trusts me for some reason to tell me what she's really feeling in the moment. It's kind of awesome.
2: Yeah. I, I, I thought that the, the writing on this was so well done and so impressive. And I, I feel like that was Jessica Gal back there on the left in the writer's room. I wasn't
1: um, sure if it was her or not. Um, not the
2: one who was talking. But I feel like it was her in the back left, the the back left corner of the table. Um, Yeah,
1: I I looked at some pictures of her online and and the picture, you know, and the woman on the screen. And I was like, it could be the same person. There weren't a lot of Jessica Gao pictures out there. So I was like, right. Is this the same woman or not? I wasn't positive. Um, But she certainly was. I think that the woman who was talking was meant to be a Jessica Gao stand in. Like I called her fake Jessica um because i i'm pretty sure that that was meant to be like jessica's voice or like a a silly you know extreme version of jessica's voice right
2: no i mean i, I yeah I, I i get that yeah um but yeah so i i agree i that i i i like that point and I, I thought that it was so all so well done anything else for for your first point
1: just smash the patriarchy okay <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, and sometimes other people. Um, yeah. and uh, so my first point I'm gonna kind of tie into that is Kevin. Um, I thought that I unfortunately, I watch everything with subtitles, uh, not just like on my second watch or whatever. I know that some people uh, who podcast they will watch it just to soak everything in. I watch things with subtitles. Specifically because I've had young children a lot of the time of my life, and uh, I don't want them to wake up. So I and my hearing is not necessarily what it once was. So uh, I watch subtitles all the time. So when they're in the writers' room and they start referring to Kevin, I see in the in the subtitles that it is K. E. V. I. N. Dot. Um, so I was like, oh, okay. So it's you know. It's like what was it from War Games? It was uh, or Daryl or or whatever the computer systems are yeah. that uh, that have um, what was it? The man from Uncle Uncle, yeah, the man from Uncle, yeah. All those. So when you read it, you're like, oh, this is an organization or it's a some sort of program or something like that. But uh, it, so it took me out of it a little bit because I obviously didn't think that they were talking about Kevin Feige. Yeah, but but then when you finally see Kevin, and he's got the Kevin Feige hat on, like or you know it's not a hat per se, but it's positioned so that it looks like the hat he's always wearing, and the the rotating uh, the rotating lights and lenses and whatnot. I just the it looked like they took his mannerisms and act and just pasted it onto the um on, onto the, the the arms or or whatever and they, it, i thought it was great and basically what they said and what jen said was everything that they've had complaints of, like the internet has had complaints about for the last five years yeah um for phase four for phase three for thor movies for all of the complaints were like, I love, I absolutely love that they just took them and aired out basically every complaint they could think of and said, okay, you know, the, this is these your issues. Oh, every Marvel movie ends with, a you throw a bunch of plot in there and a bunch of flash and, uh, and then, oh, hey, and there's a to tease. It. And then he was like, oh, no, we're going to reveal, but we had to introduce, uh, no, 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 save it, save it for the movie. Um, and then the the sarcasm and the interaction between Kevin and Jen was so good that oh <laughs> and then we got the answer as to why we never see her completely shift back because it's too expensive i mean even if it's not too expensive but yeah it was i i was i was laughing out loud watching it both times that i watched it and it was It was everything that I didn't know that I wanted.
1: Yeah. And Um, when he's like, the visual uh, effects team has moved on to a new project. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. I mean, like the CGI in this episode was phenomenal. Yeah. It was so good. She looked fantastic. Yeah. It like, and I, and I'll get more into, you know, I'll talk, I'll just, I'll save it for later, but I mean, like (laughs) it was, it looked so good. And, uh, and and you know I've I've I think I've very specifically like talked about how they cut away right before she shrinks completely back. Like you see the the start, and then when it gets back to Jen, it's you never see the full thing. Oh, and then like just this, this, the so all of the meta idea that like she's like, what's the most budgetary like disciplined way to do this? Like, what you should I just stay this way? Should should I wait for a break or what is yeah. going on? And, and they just cut. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was so so good.
1: Uh, I loved yeah, it. So the, the
2: the whole interaction between between Kevin and Jen was was phenomenal. And if people are not watching this show because whatever reason, like they are missing out on so much because it's so good and so well written.
1: It's Ugh. a it's a little bit of a love story to all of Marvel in the way that it's bringing in these threads from all these different characters and universes and aspects of the Marvel universe, it's like they're as much a fan as we are and they know what we like. And it's it's so meta, the way that it's constantly referencing itself and the fan service that they know is fan service and they're like, here's some fan service. Like they don't pretend it's not fan service.
2: When are you uh, getting X-Men? yeah and then the <laughs> little like to us. <laughs>
1: yeah the little tongue out like i know you guys want to know like
2: so cute <laughs> <was> so fun
1: <laughs> um she's adorable i i'm sort of in love with her tatiana maslany she's she's really oh
2: i i hear you i yeah. hear you
1: she's got like a Ugh. spark that's really mm-hmm. wonderful you've got to watch orphan black oh my god she's so I'm... good in that
2: I, I'm going to, but it's going to be hard to yeah. not expect her to, like, look at camera and start talking to me.
1: You'll get over um, that real fast when there's, like, nine of her on screen. <laughs> and you'll be like, oh, my God, how is she doing this? It's like a technical feat. It's unbelievable. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: <sighs> okay. Uh, that's that's all I have for, for my all first point.
1: Um, all right. I want to talk about the opening. Um, the homage to the 1970s Incredible Hulk TV show. That show was on CBS from 1977 to 1982, and there were three follow up TV movies later in the 80s. It starred Bill Bixby as David Banner, not Bruce Banner. I don't really know why, but I think it was probably it was, a right It It's actually spin. David
2: Bruce Banner. Oh, really? You, there's a. There's a I, I'll be honest. I went back and watched the intro to to the original Incredible Hulk, and on the his tombstone, it's David Bruce Banner.
1: Oh, okay, cool. Um, And Lou Ferrigno as the actual Hulk. You know, back then they just painted Lou Ferrigno green, and then David Banner would turn into Lou Ferrigno. Bill Bixby would turn into Lou Ferrigno, and then you know he would have like ripped clothes as as the Hulk, and then when he turned back into David Banner, his clothes would be, like, whole again. It was, it was a really important show to my family. We watched it together in the 70s. It was one of the few, like, nighttime TV shows that, as kids, we were allowed to watch. Um, the, the homage had a lot of direct like one-to-one pull from
2: <laughs> from
1: the uh credits of the old Hulk Hulk show. Um like the when she's sitting in that chair and the light goes over her face. And for me, the one I remember the best from my childhood is the is the rainy tire changing scene where she gets angry and then she turns into She-Hulk. I remember that from the from the 70s. <laughs> Um, the sh- the look and feel of it, her fashion and her hair, the glasses, the big hoop earrings. Oh, it was so great. And then that seat, the moment when she and Bruce are standing there together and she's like, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. And he's just like, I don't know how he's doing it, but Mark Ruffalo is like looking 70s in the way he's, he's standing. He's
2: channeling Bill Bixby and it's it is absolutely like the word that comes to mind repeatedly is just phenomenal and it is is so good and uh yeah the it was it like that and it's he's even wearing the same clothes and they're standing in the same positions uh she's got the the same uh color scheme as the reporter did in the show he's wearing literally the same clothes as bill Bixby is that like my response to the savage she-hulk dream sequence was oh they nailed it like they just nailed it the between between the cinematography and like i wonder was it Lou Ferrigno in the green makeup and who was the Savage She-Hulk? Who played her because I want to know was it Luferigno? Was it a dude? Was it not a dude? Like it was So I'm sorry, I'm hijacking your point, but I was just It's okay. so
1: <laughs> so excited by
2: that. It was it was so Yeah.
1: Good. Yeah, they made they made the She-Hulk version in the dream sequence She she looked so much rougher and inelegant and it definitely looked like a person in green makeup and a green wig and not any kind of CGI.
2: Um, I can't imagine yeah. that it was CGI. Like it did, like if it, if it looked like Tatiana Maslany, like maybe I could see that it'd be CGI, but I feel like it was just a different person. Maybe it was her, her, her stand in yeah. dressed up in green makeup. Um, and you know, a bunch of muscle uh, muscle suits or whatever,
1: yeah, or maybe they hired some like bodybuilder. Um I checked imdb and and that kind of information wasn't up yet. I bet in a day or so it will be. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it's still the first day that it dropped, right. All right, Sorry, what's, I'll, I'll yeah, let you what's your next keep going with your Oh, that's well, my, my whole next,
2: point. Yeah. My my next point was the Savage She-Hulk. Like I I okay. know that I'm only focusing on like a a minute and a half of the show, but it was so impressive and so much fun. Uh I okay, I'll, I'll go ahead, I'll 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 pivot, right? Pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, pivot. I'll pivot and I will I will move to how good Nikki and Pug were. Um Specifically, Pug. As uncomfortable as Pug was through most of this (laughs) episode, um, Josh Segarra was so good in this very uncomfortable situation, and uh, and like when he's fanboying out about how he's calling the frickin' Hulk, um, and I mean, like him and him and Nikki, this, uh, and I mean, and. Ginger Gonzaga was so great in all of her look. Forgive me, Jen, for this transgression. Um, And uh, yeah, I'll just have a turkey sandwich and uh, some guac and some chips. And I like all of her under the the breath, um, all of her under the breath comments or just like continued comments. I wouldn't have caught them had I not been watching the subtitles. And it was so worth it because Nikki doesn't stop talking. She yeah. is so much fun to listen to and to watch, and I'm gonna keep working here because they still pay me well. And uh, it was it was just like Nikki was fantastic. Didn't, like the side characters of Pug and Nikki were great in this. Yeah, um, yeah. So like that, they they were so good, and, uh, and and the actor and actress or actors, the actors uh, were were great. And I was so impressed with it, and it, yeah. So yeah.
1: I agree. It was so much fun to watch. I really loved watching Pug trying to fit in with those horrible people. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of uh, a scene from The Good Place when uh, some of the characters are trying to fit in, like they're pretending to be demons in hell, and they're like trying to fit in with the hell demons.
2: And, oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah.
1: And Chidi has to like give someone advice on how to torture someone else, and he just is so uncomfortable. Um,
2: <laughs> that that's a really good comparison.
1: Yeah. Um. And then I thought it was really funny when that one dude bro says, like Todd when he introduces them to Pug, and then he's like, and he's hot too. And then I, this is another one. If I didn't have subtitles, I would have missed it. And somebody said, "I'd smash you." And Pug makes this face, like, "Where am I?" Like, what is happening? Um, And the other dude bros at that event were pretty funny. They're like, Lady Thor sucks. And I would even say that if she was a man. Like, they just, well, so I wasn't, it was so predictable. I
2: sure if she, if he was, yeah, I wasn't sure if he was talking about Hulk, She-Hulk or Lady Thor. Um, So I, I wasn't 100% sure if, like, She-Sucks was about She-Hulk or Lady I Thor. Think,
1: I, I think that that particular one was about Lady Thor, but there were plenty of people, like, griping about She-Hulk. There was, like, you know, why should she have powers? And then, of course, the conversation about um, how she supposedly slept with Holloway. um,
2: Yeah. (laughs) That made me (laughs)
1: really angry. And you know all those guys (laughs) believe that. No matter how many times they're told that it's not true, they will believe that forever.
2: The... You th- so she slept with Holloway. That's their boss, and Pug's like, "Yeah, no, like you're mad about it, and it pisses me off." Yes. <laughs> it was just so over the top and so fucking funny. Sorry, yeah, it was so funny. That um, um, yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was really really good.
1: And the look um, on Pug's face when Todd says, "Of course you're one of us," and Pug is like, "Ew." No, (laughs) like I don't want you to think that of me.
2: The the one arm bro hug. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. That that entire that entire situation was like just a dumpster fire. Yeah. And it was fun to watch.
1: Uh, It was so predictable. It was things that we've heard on the news. And you know, seeing people post and you know these these right wing alt right websites that you know demonize women and people of color it, that this is their shtick and they have like they all think they're original thinkers but they only have like three ideas and they just remix them constantly.
2: <laughs> right. They're not creative. kind of like the the plot like yeah. that we just recycle. What yeah. original like what original story did you come how how did you come up with this very original story? Every other superhero and the one guy's like nodding, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she's like, and it suspiciously sounds like super soldier serum. And I'm like, yeah. yeah
2: like every time
1: <laughs> Um Yeah, pug. Oh, I adore him.
2: All right, what 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 what's what do you have?
1: Um So I want to talk about the epic smash, right? The, like, the big smash where she busts out of, um, the show itself and, uh, she goes through the streaming service menu, right? She, she punches out the She-Hulk, um, icon or, um thumbnail and then she's like where do I need to go and she looks around she's like no uh. and then she sees Marvel assembled and she like climbs down and the and the um, thumbnails all move when she climbs on them it's so beautifully done and then she lands you know in a studio lot and you can hear somebody talking about the infinity gauntlet and, and then she walks through and you can tell it's I'm pretty sure that's the real Disney studios in LA there were um, the seven dwarfs were like holding up the roof in the background and there was a statue of walt disney holding hands with mickey mouse although it was the back of mickey mouse because you know that's expensive (laughs) and uh and then she confronts the writers and the writers room had a lot going on in it so there were on the wall there were these like story breakdowns of episode 107 106, 107, and 108, and then the finale. And under, I couldn't see 106. Under 107, there, were, there was a card that said, Jen and John totally do it. And I'm like, who's John? But that was Matt Murdock. And then one that said, John does walk of shame from Jen's apartment. Under episode 108, there was a card that said, Jen finally leaves Bruce's place. And I remembered how episode one was originally episode eight. So right. she would have been leaving Bruce's place. And then in the finale breakdown, the very last card said Jen dies. And I'm like, well, I'm glad she, you know, she killed that. Um, there's a QR code on the door when she goes into where the writer's room is. I'm pretty sure if you, um, if you uh, scan that QR code, it gets you a free comic book download. There's a poster in the background that's, that had Captain America. And it said, I want you to put your cell phone away.
2: Yeah, and, I I actually paused to take a look at that.
1: And the Hulk one said shred and smash sensitive documents. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then there was like a Vizdev board that had like lots of drawings of her and like copies of comic book cover art and stuff like that. I thought it was a pretty cool writer's room, although really tiny, which made her look extra huge. Um, right. That was pretty entertaining. What I didn't understand in the writer's room was why that dude was doing most of the talking when there was like fake Jessica Gao sitting right there. He seemed to be like in charge and we know that Jessica is in charge. So I don't know what that was about. But there were a lot of women in the room, which I really appreciated. And a lot of them were not white, which I also appreciated.
2: Uh, um, I feel like yeah. I feel like this show has a lot of not just female, but minority writers as well.
1: Yeah. It's great. Um, The hallway fight scene was so fun. And the soundtrack was a song called Big Energy by Lotto. I was going to, I looked up the lyrics. I was like, oh, I wonder if they're as interesting as the lyrics from something a couple weeks ago when Kirk read the lyrics. And they are not safe for work. So I am not going to read them
2: (laughs) on the podcast. I noticed a couple of, there were a couple of dips uh, in there where I was like, oh, that would have rhymed with uh, something else.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um and I loved that there were for, fourth wall breaks within the fourth wall break. When she's mm-hmm. talking to Kevin, she has two different times when she talks to the audience, and I was like, "That's deep. That's like Inception. <laughs> it's like yeah. a layer like fourth wall break within a layer." Yeah, I loved it. Um, and the Kevin st- stands for Knowledge Enhanced Visual Interconnectivity Nexus.
2: I mean, we got the word nexus, so
1: yep. there we go. Uh, I loved it. This is what I've been waiting for. Remember, like, in, like, episode two or three, I was like, when is she going to, like, smash out of one scene and into a different one? And,
2: and this. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, this this was the updated version of breaking through pains in the comic. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was so well done and so well choreographed. It was a smashing success. in my opinion. <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, and if you guys um, don't remember, the comic book in the late 80s written by John Byrne, the Sensational She-Hulk series, is when this breaking the fourth wall concept was introduced and, and it's sort of famous. Those comics are sort of famous for it. It was not part of Jen's oeuvre in earlier or later comics. That's a specific John Byrne era thing. And it's hilarious in the comics. And I highly recommend you read those particular ones, that run. That's the sensational She-Hulk. The earlier version, the earlier run was called um, Savage She-Hulk. And then Mm -hmm. some of the later runs are just called She-Hulk. But yeah, the John Byrne series with the breaking the fourth wall is just legendary.
2: That's awesome. Um, So... I because one of my notes was uh, was also the Savage She Hulk intro. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just gonna move straight into notes if you're cool with that.
1: Yeah, I'm good. with I that. that
2: there, were, there were a ton of great notes. Yeah. In this, uh, I am gonna I'm I'm going to address one of the things that uh, so you mentioned in at the end of episode nine uh, on the writers room board. Uh, it says Jen dies. Uh, I. I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe this may have been a reference to, um, they were talking about, so there was an interview with Jason Sudeikis and uh, I can't remember, and I think maybe Brett Goldstein and the guy who plays Coach Beard about Ted Lasso. And they were sitting in what looked like a writing writer's room, and there were a bunch of like you know season three plot uh, cards very similar to what we saw in this and in like one of them at the end it's like ted dies and i was just like <laughs> i mean that is really really funny and it sounds i mean it seems like it's a direct reference to that which was also hysterical for everybody who was like trying to see what plot lines were for the third season uh, or what plot lines are for the third season of Ted Lasso, because it was obviously all just a setup and, and all that i mean i think um but it was like that that when you said I didn't notice that it said that but once yeah. you said it I was like that's exactly what it sounds like it sounds like an homage to those guys playing that exact same type of prank
1: and it it wouldn't surprise me to learn that that there's a bigger inside hollywood joke where about that and that this was like one in a series of many jokes about right you know um there was a bunch of nonsense on the whiteboard in that scene and I was like, are these inside jokes? It said, nanobots! Are you sure that's a real apple? Hope you're not allergic to wowie's. <laughs> There's something attractive <laughs> about a man's knees and gamma goo. Um and I was like, that's just nonsense. That doesn't mean anything. And then I was like, it probably means a lot to the people behind the show.
2: Right. Exactly. Like like, oh man, like the, the, I I heard about that uh, from you know this other writer's room or or whatever. Yeah, that's absolutely. Um, all right so I'm going to just some some of the notes well I'm going to go through all my notes okay we got uh we got her her nickname in the media now the difficult diva of law
0: <laughs> I
2: mean seriously we can't even like it has to be something about being a, a diva or whatever like what are you wearing to the courtroom today uh that's enough <laughs> okay it just turns around and walks up like are you, are we seriously continuing to do this? Like, yeah, I I know that I, I know that it happens. I do, but it just drives me bonkers because (laughs) I don't watch the shows or the red carpet things or whatever saying like where people get asked what they're wearing. Cause I think it's asinine and I think it's idiotic and, while yes, they may like these clothes may cost thousands upon thousands of dollars. Who cares? Like I guess some people do, but I I don't. It doesn't affect me at all. I'm gonna step off my soapbox and move on to a different note. But God, it just irritates the crap <laughs> out of me. Um, uh. So oh, Jennifer Walters, known as the cousin of the Hulk. What? Known as the no, she's known as She Hulk. Like what? Anyway, it was s- silly. Um, all right, so we got Scar, an introduction of Hulk's son. Uh, so you know that's that's cool. Um, and the family dinner, like, was all of the things. It was like it was obviously Matt Murdock, which was great, and their interaction was like I feel like they maybe had the same interactions. Uh, that they had that the, like uh, Mark Ruffalo and and uh, Tatian Maslani had uh, that made the chemistry so good and um, and then you know the Marklynn Baker was fabulous uh, like, yeah oh oh son all of the conversations are gonna go this direction yeah. <laughs> so buckle up uh, and, and then when he like and then you know Marklin Baker would when he's like, I don't care if there's a drought going on. I got plenty of water pressure. He was so good. The family dinner was so uncomfortable and it was really entertaining to see Jen have a partner in that. And I really, really want to hope, I really hope to see them together in the future, even if it's just off again, on again. Um, yeah. Uh, They're cute
1: together, right? Like n- when he was like, Oh, really I need are, a co-counsel right? over here. Yeah. It was adorable.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was like, okay, that's a little bit cheesy, but I mean, like, as lawyers, like, okay, sure, I guess you could, you, could, I could see that.
1: Yeah, the whole family um, is so annoying, except for Marklin Baker. Like the rest of them, ugh.
2: <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Like, I feel like that's the way that a lot of people would. A lot of families are like. It was so funny that, like, you know, yeah. the the aunt is like hitting on on matt and like you know he can't see and like the the uncle is giving him the evil eye but i mean i guess maybe he can see but like another blind man wouldn't be able to tell that he was getting the evil eye from somebody like he's not doing anything um
1: yeah uh although you know what i bet you could feel it you can like feel when someone's giving you the evil eye
2: yeah yeah that's that's true um, I, I loved Emil's apology. <laughs> like, I'm sorry that you're upset about this. <laughs> I've I've yeah. been in that situation. I've said those words before. I'm sorry. Was was there an apology in there that I missed? <laughs> it was. Uh, I'm sorry that you are upset by the things that I feel uh, and that I expressed. I'm not. I'm not going to apologize for saying them because. So Emil. Didn't seem to know, like w- who he was hosting uh, and who he was speaking for. He just he gave a, a bunch of very generalized things. Right, uh, seize your goal. Yeah, I think uh, you guys are He making, really was just doing it progress. for profit. That the that was a hysterical, just like throwaway line that was awesome. Oh, strictly for profit. <laughs> it's just, just for yeah. Nothing except for money. That's all I'm doing this for. Um, you know, don't ask permission. Be powerful. You are the only boss. Um, yeah, it was it, it was good stuff. I did think that it was really funny that uh, that Todd was like, I didn't get handed superpowers as he's being handed superpowers. <laughs> I really like, want to know the needle.
1: <laughs> I want to know where Todd's money comes from, because he he talked a lot about, like, earning it and not being given it, right? He was grossed out by nepotism, but, like, we don't know why he's rich and why he's a big client.
2: Right. I, like, I just, I I feel like there's got to be a story there. He's got to be loosely based on someone or a conglomeration of someone's. Yeah. Um, like I, I that's I don't know. Th- I, I because I never read She Hulk, uh, or didn't even go back and read them. Like I don't think that there was a Hulk King, um, no. character or whatever. I haven't found um, one. Which, which makes makes this even more like I loved. I guess this could be my throw. Oh, is this girl! I've got a bunch of points. Whatever. We're throwing it all out, right? Yeah. it's, it's, it's the finale.
1: Anything we're just goes. talking about
2: stuff now so yeah so so the i like one of the things that i loved about this and and you know part of the argument was true right so the end of this was a little anticlimactic it was a family barbecue yeah and you know what it was okay sure we met hulk's son I didn't really care at that point. Cause I was so thrilled to see Jen semi happy, even though she's being miserable at this, but she's being miserable with Matt, And I thought it was, it was, it was great. Uh, it was so enjoyable to me to, to, to watch this and to observe this interaction that it didn't matter that like, Oh my God. Oh, your family. There's another Hulk now because it's like, the Hulk wherever. And, I'm just like, it. It or It subverted my expectations. It did some of the things that I had, you know, I'd heard you guys talk about and and hoped for, but it also like, hey, we're gonna get Hulk King and he's gonna smash people and Titania shows up and you know Bruce just pops in from outer space to save her in her own show and uh, like, you know what? Let's why, why? Why are we doing this? This is this is silly. Yeah. And. And like she's just like, okay, hey, we're just gonna get rid of this and cut this, and we're not gonna do it at night because that's depressing, and we do it in daylight. And I I liked that I, I like I, I really enjoyed it, although I I do I will say that you know it, it did feel anticlimactic, which again, like I just said, subger- subjected my sorry, subverted my expectations. Yeah. and that i was thinking it was going to be a huge thing and i was looking forward to oh now it turns out that the blood didn't didn't matter and we just we, we just changed the rules and not play that that card and um you know oh bloodline plot deleted and um anyway, i thought it was great i yeah, go if if i haven't gushed enough i thought this episode was phenomenal and, and, a, and a great finale to the to the series. Um, so back to my notes. Uh, Ruck- Wrecker seems pretty chill. Yeah, like seems still seems like a pretty chill guy, and you know, kind of helpful and and all that. Um, I did think that the like uh, you know looked suspicious to me and it with an, having an earbud in. Mm-hmm. No, believe me, you won't be the only person. And I've seen all those people, so I agree. <laughs> come on, come on, Pug, just be gross. <laughs> that was a, a great line by Nikki. Um, and then when then I'm just gonna the last last one I'm gonna talk about is uh uh Nikki's face when she realizes that she needs to be a bro uh, yeah in order to get into the party she's like ah! ah Pug are you still here I need a favor it was, uh, it, was it was so realistic and so very much. Yeah, I get it. It was scripted, but I mean, it was very much so. Like, oh my god, I gotta I just figure this out. And I need you to be here so that I can I can get some help.
1: Yeah, I uh, okay.
2: I'm, I also
1: enjoyed Pug fanboying about uh, Jen and Daredevil getting together. He seemed really excited <laughs> yeah. about that, and uh, <laughs> it was funny when Titania was like, "Hi, Daredevil," and he's like, "Yeah, whatever." Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she clearly knew who he was and wanted to be a part of it. Uh, I did think it was funny when she first showed up. I was like, is she here because she just, like, wants attention and something's going down? Or is it because even though she and Jen are rivals or nemesis or whatever, like, these troll incel dudes are the worst and she needs to help get rid of them but
2: uh does she ever use a door yeah <laughs> that was a great line
1: yeah she just smashes in the wall <laughs> yeah. so great uh, and, oh I loved when daredevil just like fell out of the sky and he has this look like how do I get here and then yeah. he's like uh Is I'm here to help a, and she's like oh we're I'm, all set
2: <laughs> I'm I'm here Jen I'm here to save you or help you or whatever yeah uh, yeah we're good you missed it I, I missed I missed it all All right, I guess. Uh, All right. Uh, So I did notice that in the picture, uh, in one of the drawings at the end, and we've seen it every, literally every episode, but it's, uh, it's after Titania busts through the wall and you see Jen in Jen form. And she's got like, you know, the busted sleeves and all that. And in this one in particular, it made me think of she was breaking through the fourth wall. Uh, not because she, I understand she wasn't the one who made the hole in that particular instance, but mm-hmm. I was just like, "Oh, look at that! She like smashed the fourth wall." It's yeah, even if it wasn't her, but I thought that was that was really good. Um,
1: there was some great stuff in the drawings at the end. There was a drawing of Blonsky putting the inhibitor on Princess Silk Feather. <laughs> Um, yeah. there was a drawing of Kevin reading the very first issue of the Savage She-Hulk from 1980. And Was that
2: the Savage She-Hulk? Yeah, it
1: was. I went and checked. Okay. Um, and Todd being taken into custody in the courtroom. And in the background, there's a bunch of dudes in the gallery there behind Jen, all like sweating and looking uncomfortable and frightened. Um, so I assume those are the other members of Intelligentsia. Uh, right. I thought one of them might be Josh, but it was kind of hard to tell in the drawing.
2: Um. Okay. Actually, I, I'm not done. Okay, um, good. keep going. N- Nikki's lines, um, uh, by any and all means. No, no, legally. I said, <laughs> by any and all means. Oh, you're going to be all Jen Walters about it. <laughs> so good. Mm. I would right. watch a
1: whole show about Nikki.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, what we need to get is we need to get the, the Nikki Darcy spinoff.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Um, and then uh, Dennis, take a lap, Dennis. Oh,
1: God, Dennis. Such an opportunist.
2: <laughs> and my last one, for sure. My okay. last one. Um, when she scrolled down to find Emile's text thread,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Emile was just below Nikki. How many people have texted her to get to Nikki, like more recently than Nikki. Like it was a ton. Yeah. yeah I, thought, I thought that was really weird. Um, Cause I've scrolled through my phone trying to find a particular person who I've recently texted or, or whatever. Um, and uh, like, but I was just like, man, there's a lot of people between your best friend and the top of your list. So. Hmm. All right. That's, that's seriously for real. All of my, my notes.
1: All right. I have a few. First, the video of Jen dancing in law school is clearly a callback to the uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez video that came out a few years ago that somebody found. And it was her dancing like on a rooftop in college with her friends to that song from The Breakfast Club. And she's doing the whole dance that Ali Sheedy does. And um And I remember at the time, like, the the alt-right people spreading that around the internet being like, look how dumb she looks. And everyone being like, she looks fun and cute. Like, it was like, I don't understand why you think this video is the slam dunk you think it is, but it's not. Uh, just ridiculous. Um, I thought it was... it. It continues to be a problem in everything having to do with Daredevil that his whole shtick is that he grew up in Hell's Kitchen and he helps people who can't afford legal services because Hell's Kitchen is now like a super swanky gentrified neighborhood in new york city
2: super gentrified area
1: yeah it's um it's pricey it's got a lot of like luxury high-rise apartment buildings there's tons of really trendy restaurants in that neighborhood it's just like they need to come up with a way to deal with that narratively because the whole like hell's kitchen that sounds scary or whatever it just doesn't work anymore for anyone that knows anything about new york
2: yeah i mean the problem being is that in the 70s when daredevil made his not debut but like when when that was like more popular that's what it was like yeah it was a slum it was i mean yes i agree like may i say i agree i don't know anything about hell's kitchen but i except for that i've that i've heard the name and in the area but i mean that, that, that that does make sense that it would be like nowadays, Hell's Kitchen isn't nearly as crappy as it once was.
1: Oh, it's not um, crappy at all. Um, right. Okay. My brother lived there for several years in a like big, fancy, luxury high-rise apartment building with like a swanky roof deck and game room and an indoor gym and like all this other stuff. Um, It's just funny to me that it keeps coming up because I remember that from the Daredevil TV show, and I was like, they need to. Update that.
2: <laughs> um, that needs to not be the uh, thing.
1: Where are Blonsky's soulmates? We haven't seen them since the parole hearing. Like, they're not anywhere on the retreat. Like, where did they go?
2: That's that's a good question.
1: Were they fake? I yeah. It's just I I want to know where they are. Yeah. Um, the CGI looked great this episode.
2: Uh, yes. It did. And oh, I'm sorry. I, yep. I'm tacking onto yours. This isn't one of my notes. This is just me tacking onto one of yours. I'll see you on the big screen. Yeah. Really? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: there were several season two teases as well. Like, yeah. She said she had ideas for a season two. And um, when she interrupted the writers, one of them was saying, what if season two is just one long dream sequence? <laughs> and I was like, no, I hate dream sequences. They really bother me. Uh, and uh, Jen had some funny stuff in her in her childhood bedroom. She had a poster for Legally Blonde and a poster for Aaron Brockovich. And there mm-hmm. was, like, some owl stuff, like a like a like this, like, hanging, I don't know, like, stained glass thing of an owl. I think the owls, because she had an owl in her office as well, I think owls are some kind of Easter egg that I just don't get. Like, there's an owl character out there that this is talking about, maybe.
2: Mm. The only owl character I know is, like, from Watchmen. Yeah, like Night Owl. owl. Man, who is, like, Batman. Yeah, Night Owl. Yeah, it was, like, the Batman version of whatever in... Was it New York? I think it was New York.
1: Yeah, New York. That's another. That's another. Uh, comic universe that when it got updated to modern times, sort of like was still kind of pretending it was in 1980s New York City, and it's like uh, New York right. is really different now.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was a really good show. Uh, not that we're talking about Watchmen, but that was an excellent like follow on to the comment. Oh yeah. You know, that was like 30 years later or whatever. It
1: was fantastic. All right. right.
2: Any other notes? No,
1: I'm good.
2: All right. We're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be back. There's more to come. Stay with us. And we're back. Uh, All right. So moving into uh, this time, we actually have news about She-Hulk, or at least some news that we wanted to share, or you know what? I'll let Penny take it away. Go ahead.
1: Well, first off, I'm sorry. We don't have any news about a season two pickup yet.
2: Uh, I really
1: want it to get picked up for another season, but they're not saying anything yet. Uh, I found this Washington Post article with the dopey title of Tatiana Maslany on how She-Hulk became one of Marvel's funniest shows by David Betancourt. It's a really long article, so we're going to link it in the show notes, but here's some highlights. Anger does not trigger She-Hulk's transformations like it does with the original Hulk. She makes the switch from gentle to green whenever she wants. That creates the weird situation of everyone from her supervisor at work to the men she dates preferring her as She-Hulk and not as her less superhuman alter ego, which allows the show to examine an issue that is a little more serious. The ownership that people have over a woman's body and how they treat her based on how she presents is very intense and very felt. We were touching on that in a way that was super relatable and light, but also could prompt people to think about things in a way. Maslani said, she is sort of trying to find wholeness in these two seemingly opposing sides of herself that are actually all her and all who she is. It's just different bodies. That duality is really interesting to me and that contradiction and that resistance to those two sides of herself that she's also kind of secretly embracing. She-Hulk also focuses on sex as a part of the story in a way that other corners of the MCU do not, featuring dating apps and superhero hookups. In this season's penultimate episode, Charlie Cox made his Marvel Studios debut as Daredevil, resuming a role he originated on Netflix back when Marvel and the streamer still worked together before Disney+. Daredevil hooks up with She-Hulk after the two share a night of crime fighting together, forcing him into a bootless superhero walk of shame the next morning. Maslani credits Gao with placing just as much emphasis on the personal side of being a superhero as potential threats to the universe. It's a horny show, Maslani said. It's joyful, and there's something about it that does kind of buck at the classic Marvel things that we've seen in the past.
2: It's a horny show. That is a great quote. Uh, Continues, her her co-star Ruffalo has the most cinematic Hulk and Bruce Banner appearances ahead of Edward Norton and Eric Bana, but can appear as his his version of the Hulk in the MCU only in guest appearances because of an ongoing deal with Universal. Ruffalo has often said, that he'll probably never have his own Hulk movie, unlike many of his Avengers co-stars. Maslany's She-Hulk has no such limitations. He was super jealous of it, Maslani said with a laugh. That's what's so great about the way we explore these two so differently. His Hulkness is a limit on him in one way, where mine is a different kind of limitation. Our consciousness is so different based on how we've been socialized, or how we have been socialized to deal with our emotions. He needs to go off to an island that his billionaire friend has funded him to figure out how to be less angry. And I'm sort of like, that's what I do every day. There's something really interesting in that commentary. But I want to see a Mark-led movie as Hulk. He'd be amazing. I agree. Uh, She-Hulk co-stars Josh Shigara and Renee Elise Goldberry said that one of the more frequent sources of laughs on set was when they would constantly be reminded to avoid eye contact with Maslany as She-Hulk, since she would later be digitally altered to be almost seven feet tall. They also kept asking Gao if their supporting characters, Augustus Pug Pugliese Pugliese, Pug and Mallory Book, lawyers at She-Hulk's firm, uh, would get superpowers like Maslani. Cigar is no stranger to superhero television, having starred as a villain in the CW's Arrow, and Hamilton star Goldsberry is a veteran of courtroom comedy and drama, having co-starred in Ally McBeal earlier in her career. So far, the answer has been a definitive no. We're all working out, just in case goldsbury said that would be awesome yeah if, if you had the not only the superhero law division but the superhero law division
1: yeah i would that, love to see really cool. mallory book with superpowers i think her superpower would be like ultimate polish like she would just be like everything is in its place
2: uh, yeah, she's basically uh uh oh god what are they called uh S- succubus. Oh yeah. A succubus, but with poise or with poise and with fashion. Yeah. Uh just just but purely by the way that she looks, she can make you do whatever she wants.
1: Yeah. And Pug would have some kind of like just mensch superpower. Like he would definitely be like a somebody who helps people. He'd probably be a sidekick. I don't think He'd he's be a main an awesome
2: sidekick. I don't think I he's mean, a main he,
1: superhero, yeah.
2: No, he he could he could totally like he could be basically be like the outfitter. <laughs> um, oh yeah. I, I got plenty of kicks for you, buddy. Yeah. Um, one to rock, one to stock.
1: <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, so, so that, that I, I'm going to go read all of the rest of that article. Cause that was great.
1: Yeah. And we'll link it in the show notes so everybody can read it.
2: Absolutely. Uh,
1: we got a bunch of listener feedback on Facebook and um, some of it was about last episode. So we'll do those first.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, from Emily Rouse, with regard to episode eight, I'll preface my comment by saying I never finished Netflix's Daredevil show. I watched about half before I found it too dull to continue. But this episode of She-Hulk was so good. Honestly, I've been underwhelmed by the series, but this injected new life into it. My favorite moment was when Matt calls her Jennifer, and she in turn calls him Matthew. I hope we see more of them together. Us too. Well, me too. Uh, Penny and Kirk called this ending on last week's podcast, and it's absolutely horrible what's been done to Jen but at least it gives us some conflict in storytelling that's leading somewhere. It only took seven episodes. Well, I, I mean, hey, Emily, like, uh, I, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I really enjoyed the first six episodes, but, uh, but I get it. Uh, also I'm not a lawyer, but I couldn't Jen have handled Luke more delicately instead of outright blaming him for leapfrog's disaster, which had yet to be proven. She could have said leapfrog was claiming a defect thoughts.
1: Emily. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't be more right that that's how she should have handled it. I think, you know, TV law is very different from real law and they compress things and make things more dramatic. Like, yeah, she would never I mean, that, have
2: done not that. Not only that. Yeah, no, I absolutely, I completely agree with Penny <laughs> and, and Emily. Uh, I, that's it, it's also not just being a lawyer, but just called tact. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm going to investigate things before I just flat out blame somebody or serve somebody or whatever. I'm going to bring it up to you. No, that that was absolutely invented drama. And uh, But yes, I you're absolutely correct, Emily.
1: <laughs> uh, Bionics Vargas says also about episode eight, I watched this episode of She-Hulk twice in one day for the Walk of Shame. And then uh, adds... A hands over face emoji and laughing emoji. Uh,
2: you are not the only one. Um, <laughs> the, the Walk of Shame was everything I didn't know I needed.
1: I like the drawing version of it.
2: Um, that was, yeah, that, from was, the end that credits. was also excellent. Yeah. Yes. Uh, seeing Nikki in the background, you're like, oh, hey, who's yeah. this guy? Uh, Adam Buckley, good night, everyone. Best episode. Loved the updated version of jumping out of the page. Not so sure about the Hulk mic drop movement at the end. I, I'm assuming the the, the good day meant uh, from Australia. If not, my bad. Sorry, I'm still going to include my horrible accent. Absolutely loved the classic version of the opening. Had me cracking up. Also, best tag after the credit. Cracked me up again.
1: <laughs> um, that's a pretty good Australian accent, Greg. I would not have attempted that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that's that's fair i've been watching a lot of bluey and uh, apparently i just found out that it was australia and not new zealand or not kiwi so uh that was my my bad
1: <laughs> bob Oak says uh well that was one hell of a fourth wall break my immediate knee-jerk reaction to this episode was that i didn't like it and i mean i really didn't like it but as i have thought about the episode more and more today i've realized that not only did i like the episode more than i initially thought i really loved what the writers did with the episode The writers were extremely clever here. Jennifer Walters won the day by embracing her full self. She-Hulk smashed through the Disney Plus menu and took out the guards, but lawyer Jen identified the issues, argued her point, and eventually created a better conclusion for herself without throwing a punch at Kevin. It truly marked a full circle for Jennifer's journey of self-discovery and self-acceptance. Not only that, Jennifer got to seize control of her own story and narrative. She is no longer a passenger in her life. She is clearly the driver now. As a fan, I truly loved that for this character. On top of this layered and nuanced storytelling, we got so many cool bits. The intro was amazing! I loved the old Incredible Hulk show, showing my age a little there, and this homage was awesome! Annoying Todd is the Hulk King? I applaud the writers for making the big bad a character hiding in plain sight all along instead of some hidden menace that we never saw until the last episode. So many things were good about this episode. It is too much to list them all. So why was my gut reaction to hate the episode? I think the fourth wall break was just too jarring for me. I think it interrupted the flow of the episode so much that I lost the plot and couldn't get back into it. I had to rewatch everything past the Disney Plus menu and ponder the episode before realizing how genius it was. So yes, I am a fan of this series and I sincerely hope we see a lot more of She-Hulk. Me too, Bob. Yeah,
2: that's totally fair Bob. Uh, I, I I didn't have that um, I, yes it was very jarring um, just because it's just like the confusion and then the oh this is cool that may all just also just be uh, the product of the my type of like the, the, the type of viewer that I am. Um, I'm very surface. Uh, I also have dealt with a lot of things in my career where it's, hey, something's changing at the last minute and we have to adapt, which is why my wife complains that I don't plan nearly enough because I personally feel like if I have to, if I, you know, spend a bunch of time making plans, well, and then they're just going to get thrown off at the last minute, then, you know, who cares? Um, Like, why bother? Um, so that, but I, 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 get where you're, where you're coming from, but yeah, I mean, I didn't have that issue. Um, but I, I'm glad that you, you kind of, you know, sat, pondered, maybe watched it again and, uh, and, and ended up realizing how much you enjoyed it. Cause I, I, I am with you. I really love the series and, and I'm really hoping that Tatiana Maslany, uh, is able to, to, to show up again as she hoped. uh, Jeff Allen. First of all, let me start by saying I've really enjoyed this whole season. But unfortunately, this episode blew all the others out of the water. When suddenly every character conversed with the lot, I got really annoyed. And then then Koyroy took a page straight out of Burns' run of the comic. The Disney Plus menu gag was brilliant, and the rest of the episode had me rolling with laughter. Totally agree, Jeff
1: jijo putia says love the homage to the old school hulk show i was a fan as a kid and it invoked a lot of sweet memories when y'all mentioned that she would bust out of the page in the comics i was wondering what the equivalent would be with our modern day tv setup and it did not disappoint the show as a whole is great if taken for what it is a light fun show with exaggerated traits of toxicity of male domineering culture it breaks the mold of the regular superhero shows and a great break from the other grim stuff I watch.
2: Good points. Uh, from Kelly Burgess. Uh, I love the finale in the series. I do admit I got excited when Hulk showed up, but I loved how she stopped it and went after the writers even more. I was watching the subtitles, so it gave away the reveal of Kevin. Hey, me too, uh, unfortunately, but it was still a fun scene. And then Hulk showed up at the barbecue with the son. My line was blown!
1: We have one voicemail from our friend, Steve Brown.
0: Hello, She-Hulk cast. This is Steve, and this is uh, the finale of She-Hulk season one. I just had to pause real quick. I am loving the opening that's the same as the opening of the original Hulk show. Incredible Hulk. Wow, so she's in prison. I wonder how far how of a jump we've made. <laughs> the head thunk on the table. <laughs> I called that a few episodes back. She, she originally didn't want the superpowers, but then she got used to them. <laughs> Cannot wait to cover this on panels. I love that Pug is helping. Todd Phelps is the Hulk King. Where's Josh at? Shouldn't he be in this room too? Oh no. He's part of this Intelligentsia group. And they're on the... Oh no. Oh, and enter Bruce. I love it. Jen crawling out of the TV set into the menu. She breaks into the writer's room. They're talking about (laughs) the second season. Subtitles just had Kevin as an acronym. K-E-V-I-N. This barbecue ending with the family is great and them grilling Matt. I love it. All right. Can't wait to watch it more times and can't wait to hear you guys talk about it. Talk to you later.
1: Thanks, Steve. As always. I love a good live, Steve.
0: Yeah, that's
2: I mean, basically he he nailed most of the points that we talked about. <laughs> and so in, in uh, he, it a, sounded like he was having a good time. A
1: fraction it. of the time. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Uh, that's basically, uh, all right. And that was a good show, Benny. uh, Steve covered it.
1: Yep, we're all set. We'll just uh, play that on the feed.
2: All right. So that moves us into our final Marvel question of the week. Uh, Now that we've gotten to see She-Hulk and Daredevil fight, who else would you like to see Jen fight? And who do you think would win?
1: Mark Nichols says, I would actually love to see her fight Ant-Man just to listen to the banter back and forth. I just think it would be funny. I have to agree. Plus watching something so big versus something so small sounds like a lot of fun. Also, did I hear you make a West Wing reference a few weeks ago? That is my all-time favorite show and another great podcast. We very well might have made a West Wing reference.
2: I, f- I feel like you did.
1: I um, loved West I, Wing, so Oh
2: yeah, West Wing was great. I
1: reference it often. Maybe Walk and Talk? Yeah, I yeah. might have said Walk and Talk.
2: Yeah, maybe. Uh, like uh, I, I feel like it came. It very specifically came up. Yeah. Uh, Rita Catanella Orel, I am so sorry. Uh, <laughs> Rita Catanella Orel, uh, it would be fun to see Elena and Kate Bishop team up against her. Uh, that trick arrows would be would do quite a bit of a trick. Although I just don't know how you're going to get through that skin.
1: Maybe it's more about like nets and lasers and capturing rather than piercing
2: yeah that's that's true
1: um bob oaks said uh oh and as for the marvel question of the week i'll get my popcorn ready for carol danvers versus jennifer walters
2: Uh, unfortunately i think that carol would take her out i mean flying thing is pretty pretty significant uh and then like the whole like sonic powers and stuff Uh, although maybe that was just Maybe that's me transferring that from comic book powers to, to what we've actually seen on on screen. Kelly Burgess says, I'd like to see her fight Loki, so you, she would Hulk smash him. And Rinaldi, our host from last week, uh, Loki would need to forfeit before the fight begins. Kelly responds, I could see him try to charm her before getting smashed. And I, I That would be... I mean, Tom Hiddleston and the that initial Hulk smash in Avengers was was all of the things and it was, it was great. It'd be, it'd be an, a very interesting uh, approach to see how she wanted to, uh, to try to, 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 to fix Loki. Um, yeah.
1: Uh, Rinaldi went on to, to list his choice, which was She-Hulk versus Jessica Jones and that Jessica Jones wins by outsmarting She-Hulk.
2: I just like, and I'm not, I haven't watched all three seasons. I think mm-hmm. it's three seasons of Jessica Jones. Um, but like Jen's pretty savvy herself. She's not as savvy like in superheroing, but uh I think she's pretty pretty smart, so I'd that'd be an interesting fight.
1: Yeah. They're friends in uh, the Mark- comics.
2: Oh, are they? Yeah. That's that's good. Uh Mark Kirkman says the leader. Um I think that She Hulk would smash the leader quite a bit.
1: Yeah. And I would enjoy seeing that. Oh, oh yes. Ezra Sherman, being a little bit cheeky, says just emerged two different podcasts. I would like to see her fight a Balrog. He is, of course, referring to Rings of Power and uh, the other podcast that I host with Anwen, uh, Cast of the Rings, which also is which... having a finale this week.
2: Oh yeah, uh, I I need to need to catch up on that. <laughs> um, so what, what's what's your choice, Penny?
1: Um. I first of all, I actually spent some time thinking about what the fight would look like with a Balrog. Um and uh <laughs> I think the Balrog would win, but only because it's an immortal magical being. Um I would like to see her fight the Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that the dialogue would be really entertaining.
2: I mean, ju- the that that makes me think of the Infinity War, uh you know, the Drax and the wise Gamora and Star-Lord and Peter Parker, or rather Spider-Man and Iron Man, like that whole Thanos battle on Titan, like that, that sounds, that sounds about right. Yeah. And uh, I want to see fourth wall breaks in the middle of battle. Like yeah that's what that's what i think i want to see
1: <laughs>
2: um and like honestly like I, I i thought about it a little bit uh, but like i i saw the the stuff you know what screw it i want to see her beat the crap out of batman oh um, yeah like and especially in like the the super suit and he's just like throwing crap at her i think she'd smash the crap out of him but uh Batman's just so haughty all the time. And you know, he's rich and I mean she's kind of rich too, but now she's like out of an apartment and living in her parents. I, he's living in his parents too, but it's a <laughs> different. Um but yeah, so uh just because I wanna see Brat Batman brought low, don't get me wrong, I love Batman as a character, uh, and I think that he's been represented great in the the D C E all of the U. Um but uh Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. I think specifically Ben Affleck's Batman, seeing Ben Affleck Batman getting smashed by She Hulk would be, then of course then Superman would show up to save Batman's bacon. But sorry, I'm like waxing poetic over here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's 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 what I got. All right, that's our show and the season. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully, we're back for season two.
1: Yeah, everybody out there, like you know, send good thoughts to Marvel and. Let them know that we love She-Hulk. If you'd like to get in touch with us or find out more about Podcastica, you can find all of our contact information at podcastica.com.
2: You can write in or record a voice message right there on podcastica.com or find links to our social media pages and other shows.
1: Well, I already mentioned Rings of Power, which is also coming to a conclusion this week. I'm pretty excited about it. So that uh, podcast is called Cast of the Rings. And uh, I'm personally really um, getting a lot out of the Handmaid's Tale podcast. It's not enjoying it. That's not really the right word.
2: <laughs> it's not fun.
1: But Handmaid's Tale is such a t- intense show with so many layers that it really helps to process it with the gang on Handmaid's Tale cast.
2: Yeah, and uh, and like I said, I'm I'm trying to catch up on Cobra Kai, uh, so that I can actually listen to the uh, to to the things uh, or to, to the to the podcast. But Midnight Club uh, just started on Strange Indeed, and I may force myself to watch it just so I could listen to to Rima. And, I mean, then House of the Dragon and Dragoncast is. I think I'm about ten hours worth of podcast behind. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, work, I'm working on it
1: I listened to a bunch of that today and, and I, It was a really long episode I'm only about halfway through <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I understand <laughs> Alright, that's all we have But remember, that's what Hulks do
1: We smash things Bruce smashes buildings I smash fourth walls And bad endings
2: And sometimes Matt Murdock Yeah Yeah <laughs> <laughs> scene and that's a wrap wow